0: This is a Podcast 225 production.
1: The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Davity. We've got Michael Shingle. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston-Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk
0: about that. This is The Clay Young Show.
1: Man, oh man, talk about a long week. It's been a good week, but listen, no matter where you're listening, if you're not in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or South Louisiana in general, you probably have more energy than most of us. Everywhere <laughs> everywhere I've gone this week, people are still recovering from Monday night, and I mean just because of the longevity of it. Now, some may have partaken to extreme In uh, fine libations as they celebrated the Tigers winning another national championship. And most of us were just up till super late because, well, it it was a great night. In fact, as I sit here in the podcast 225 studio, I am having some tea for the caffeine. Just getting a kick of caffeine. As we get ready to talk with Gordy Rush. Gordy is the general manager of Guarantee Media here in Baton Rouge. And is also the sideline reporter for the LSU Sports Radio Network, specifically the football team. And I am looking forward to getting his perspective on what it was like in the Dome. I thought about getting down there weeks ago and just, you know what? I'm going to stay home, watch the game at the house, enjoy not having lines and, and all of that. And a part of me feels like, boy, it must be, must have been great to be in that atmosphere. But then after seeing the game start just after 7 and end at almost midnight Louisiana time, I made the right choice. I made the right choice. And so, <laughs> like I said, everybody around here is still playing catch-up because it was it was just really, really a good game. The Tigers have been the best team in college football this season, wire to wire. And it has been an amazing story of holding on to your dreams. Joe Burrow, Ed Ogeron, just so many guys who are on that team being able to be a part of something that has really never been done before could not be prouder or more proud of these guys. So and and by the way, just so you know, I, this this is not being recorded the day after. I mean, it's it's Thursday of the recording week and just, you know, you, you got to. You leave after the game, and for many of us you are back in the office the next day, you got to get back to work, got to get back on the grind. No real time for a bunch of time off because the year just got started, So, and you're pushing. But, hey, the weekend is coming, and so that's a chance to refresh, at least until Sunday for me because my 49ers are still in the playoffs and in the championship round, and I'm hoping we have a really good week Versus the Packers, who are quarterbacked by one of the greatest ever in Aaron Rodgers. So, but today's not about the 49ers. Today's about the fighting Tigers of LSU and an amazing game. And Gordy Rush has the scoop. Let's ask him what it was like in the building, on the sidelines, in the locker room, the entire package of an national championship earned by the Tigers.
0: Podcast225.com.
2: Have you caught yourself helping a little too much with a child's school project? Remaking your daughter's bed? Wiping the counters after the kids clean the kitchen? I know I've been guilty many times of a perfectionism that comes from unrealistic expectations of others. This week we've been discussing the importance of teaching our children perseverance, but not perfection. A child who is pushed to be perfect may be critical of others have trouble making decisions, be overly sensitive to criticism, and procrastinate out of fear of failure. If you recognize these traits in your children, here are some ways to pull back from perfectionism. Share stories of your own mistakes and failures. Don't compare your children with siblings or classmates. Verbally celebrate your children's unique traits and talents. And don't cry over spilled milk. Literally, that's why we have paper towels. Perseverance is not about perfection. It's about the process and the purpose. Executone of Louisiana has
0: been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones, their intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up to date phone and intercom technology while saving money that's what it's all about that's a no-brainer don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support executone has been here and they believe in the value of customer service baby Oh, take my word for it give them a call 225-295-3500 that's 295-3500 all of them up executone executone of louisiana they still here and they're gonna continue to give you great service this is the Clay Young Show.
1: Back with Gordy Rush, general manager of Guarantee Media here in Baton Rouge and also sideline reporter for the LSU Sports Radio Network. On the sidelines for what I think has been the best college football season, maybe of all times. Gee, what do you think, man, and how are you?
3: Hey, doing great, Clay. Uh, I'm 100% with you. Best season, school history. NCAA history, best performance by you know an individual, I, I think, in the history of college football and, and what Joe Burrow did. I mean, we're here, and it's going to take a couple months, really, to digest it all.
1: When you think back at the beginning of the season, moving to where we are right now, uh, were there signs in the beginning that we could get to this place, or was it just totally a surprise after midway point about how special this team was?
3: No, I think the way that the the schedule set up after the Texas win, that that you knew that this offense would be dynamic and um, and LSU would, would get things figured out on the defensive side of the football. There was just too much talent there. You know, in terms of the the run that they made in November after the open date where the offense really started clicking, the defense got healthy, and as I mentioned, Dave Veranda started putting the pieces of the Rubik's Cube together and where they were going, gosh, um, yeah, after at Alabama at halftime, you realize this could be something really, really special.
1: Who are the leaders on this team? Aside from Joe being quarterback, who are some of the guys who are most responsible with keeping everybody
3: focused? They had tremendous leadership and, and, and tremendous maturity. On the defensive side of the ball, Michael Divinity Jr. Uh, was was fantastic. Uh, Caleb on Chasson, Rashard Warrants, uh, all, all three of those guys, veterans, were really good. And, and then on the back, end, Jacoby Stevens and and Grant Delpit were were just off the charts. And, and you know, on that side and on the offensive side, that offensive line grew together. I mean, that group, when you think about Charles and Ingram and uh, Deculus, really a lot of them just got thrown in as true freshmen at Florida years ago and the way that they gelled and improved and became leaders. Uh, it was a huge part of it. And, you know, Ed Ogeron has acknowledged that, that these guys rarely got in trouble and, and uh, they were able to perform all season long, at a steady high level, there was only really one de- dip, uh, and that was defensively at Ole Miss. But you know, we're all humans, Clay, and, and when it gets to be 30 degrees and you're up 31 to seven, and everybody right. left right. the stands that was wearing red and blue to go back to the Grove to do what they do, you know, it it it, it was a little tough to get focused. Not trying to make excuses, but they uh, they really did play pretty consistent this year.
1: So you've obviously been around him a lot. I've been around him some time, coach Orgeron Mm -hmm. for people who've never had the pleasure to be up close and just have a a conversation with him, not just talk football, but just talk with Ed Orgeron person to person. Tell the people listening what kind of man he is and, and what makes him tick.
3: Well, he is who he is. I mean, he wears his heart on the shoulder. He's real. He's going to look you in the eye. He's going to tell you like it is, um, even at the press conferences, which, which I really enjoy. So I think it's the the best and the worst of some time trait uh, that he brings to the table. But um, uh, he's real. He, he loves the place. He's constant energy. And he's really passionate about where he's going and that he's learned life lessons, career lessons. And, and, and you know, he has the right formula now. He believed it when he got the job, and he truly has um, he's proven it.
1: Let's talk about that game. So I, a lot of people going into last Monday, I thought, were underestimating Clemson. Now, I believed LSU would win the game, but I didn't think Clemson was, was a tomato can that we were just going to house from start to finish. I thought they would put up somewhat of a fight. Did you find that some were a bit too overconfident about this? Or do you agree with them that, yeah, it was, it was good and it should have been better?
3: No, it's about what I I felt the game would go. I was on record saying forty five thirty one. You know, you never know how it ends up that way. I think that was the curveball uh, in this was that, uh, you know, the first couple offensive series for LSU, they were backed up in their own end zone. Uh, and, Clay, they, they struggled uh, trying to figure out what Brett Venables was doing. Um, he was bringing a lot of pressure. We knew he was going to blitz. But um, I don't think anybody counted on, Brent Venables deciding to play man to man on Jamar Chase and it took them two or three series to get that figured out and once that they hit a couple of those, uh, Hit Chase a couple times and, and beat that man coverage. Venables had to react and, and change some things up. But, um, yeah, I'm not surprised by, by the outcome, and I'm not surprised that LSU's defense had the success that they had against Clemson. They had trended that way since the Arkansas game. Again, I, I said this after the Ole Miss game, Clay, it was the worst thing that happened to LSU's defense, yet it was the best thing, as it, it really lit a fire under their butt. And, and they got more disciplined and and I think simplified some things and cleaned some things up.
1: The game itself was amazing. Some of the things going on after the game. What's your take on this Odell Beckham uh, money situation? I, you know, I, I, I'm not as uh, as upset as a lot of people are about it. I mean, I, I wish it wouldn't have happened. Hell, I don't even know if it's if if it's a violation. Yep. Is it a violation?
3: Well, yeah, I, I will let the NCAA determine what it is, and I mean, of course, slapping the the official on the you know the the officer on the butt it is disrespectful, and I, I mean, you look at where it was and, and the setting and what have you. Look, I, I mean, I think the issue that that, that I have or my, my my take on it is that you, you had a ton of NFL players that are have great careers going on Jarvis Landry, Patrick Peterson, uh Devin White and go on and on and, and yet one of them, you know, you look at the pictures and the video besides those two incidents and it's just you know I, I mean you're you're an icon, right? of the sport. You just got to learn to act like one. So that was disappointing.
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't didn't love that a whole lot, and then I heard a funny story about Joe and and I think I, actually I, I reshared a picture you posted it with him in, in the locker room enjoying that Arturo Fuente cigar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that is that is the way to finish it off, man. The kid has this quiet charisma. Yeah. that you don't see very often from athletes now. He's as passionate, he's as chesty, he's as everything as as, as you want a fiery guy to be, but he, ju- he just does it as still as a pond.
3: Yeah, in a lot of respects, he's an introvert, really, to himself, and um, it was fascinating to watch him operate. Really simple focus, laser focus. It's all about football. Of course, it helps when you've already graduated and, and you just had <laughs> one online class. Right. It's been pretty well documented, but um, yeah, it, it was it was to have to show somebody, have somebody that was such an introvert, yet so confident in his ability, yet you had these. Signs like when the Miami game, when he jumped in the middle of the raucous fight (laughs) and threw up the L in front of the defensive lineman for Miami, and you know, some of the first downs and some of the little things that you didn't expect uh, out of Joe. But that's you know, that's who he is, and I think just he's a great leader, a great team player. Um, really simplistic. I think it's a great testimony if you just focus on one thing, right? And, and, and uh, that's what he was about. His his focus was fantastic.
1: So what's going to happen with Joe Brady?
3: Well, Brady, of course, was with Carolina. And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, he, uh, you know, got a taste of that NFL experience and, and there's something to be said, not having to recruit and get on a plane and travel all throughout the countries and, and some sort of quality of life. The NFL, you have a lot of hours, but you, you're not necessarily flying around recruiting. So I mean, it's a great opportunity to go to Carolina and, and run your own staff at the age of 30. So, uh, you know, the, the bad thing is Joe Brady goes away. The good thing for LSU, Steve Ensminger remains who called at 80, 80 plus percent of the plays probably, um, and, uh, the offense is installed. And so they're not going to change who they are and what they do. And so, uh, the knowledge has been transferred. Be interesting to see if George Munoz, who, uh, was an analyst and kind of worked with the quarterbacks and a guy that Joe Burrow thought so much of. To, You know, they included him on the trip to New York for the Heisman ceremony, and he sat next to Joe Brady, a really respected coach. It would be interesting if he's the guy that comes in as a passing game coordinator.
1: Well, it doesn't suck that in your only year doing it, you win a national championship. I mean, from here, all you can do is duplicate that, but you, you basically hit the you hit the mark, right?
3: Right and, and yeah and so I I think that there's some guys that likes like the NFL games and some that, that like the college game and um, you know I think too, again Joe being a part of that thing uh, at New Orleans and heck making seventy thousand dollars down in New Orleans now he's I I didn't see the numbers but. Probably one and a half million to be wow. a coordinator with Carolina in just two years. It's incredible.
1: So, you know, as you know, these things last a night, maybe the day after, and there'll be a parade here. But for mm-hmm. the most part, the employed members of the football program are already on to the 2020, 2021 season. So look, look through the glass there, G, at this point now, and tell me what you think and in terms of recruiting and mm-hmm. h- how the year sh- should shape up with the talent that remains.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of question marks are still a couple guys that have to declare, but there's no doubt LSU's looking at probably returning 8 to 10 starters, so there are going to be a lot of questions. Um, Obviously, the biggest, at quarterback, you you lose Joe Burrow, Miles Brennan is is sitting right now, is the the heir apparent, has a great arm, just hasn't played yet, right? So he's going to come in a little bit green. Um, they've got five more spots in this recruiting class to fill out. Do they take any any kids in the transfer portal? Oh, it'll be a question. Uh, whether it's quarterback or any other position, I think that remains to be seen. Um, Dave Aranda is a, a finalist at Baylor. Will he be back next year? As he's actually in Waco today, interviewing for that job. So a huge, a, a lot of questions. I think when you look at the league, though, um, the the league's only going to get better. Alabama is going to return Mac Jones and and, and perhaps a good bit of guys that I think LSU thought, uh, thought maybe Najee Harris, the running back, was going to go pro. Dylan Moses is coming back. It looks like both of them are coming back. So Alabama returns a lot of people, and they played a lot of young people uh, a year ago. Auburn returns a good team with Bo Nicks, a second-year quarterback. Texas a and M, I I think, had 19 starters from a 7-5 and season. The state of Mississippi just got really interesting when it was really boring <laughs> a year ago with the arrival of Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. You Nobody know, by the way, your one-cross opponent is you get to go to Florida, who a lot of people will have preseason top five as they return Kyle Trask. And a lot of people from that team, you you, you jump in a return visit from Texas in which Sam Ellinger, Ellinger is coming back for his uh, you know his final year uh, over at Texas. So it's it's a tougher schedule, tougher league, and LSU has a lot of question marks, so it's going to be tough to, to repeat that run.
1: Final question here. When you look back as an alum, as someone who's been around this program for so long as a player, and then after the fact as a broadcast professional, what are your thoughts about the 2019 LSU football team and the program?
3: I think it was the uh, you know it was the greatest season the school has ever seen will ever see with the greatest player and uh, the two of them there's no question in my mind and so when I look back at yeah it's that and it's just I in fifty eighteen, the 2003 the 2017 this was the best best team ever LSU's ever fielded.
1: Well, we appreciate it. People can keep up with what's happening with uh, ESPN. And, and, you know, by the way, I, I spent some time with T-Bob last week. Oh, man, you and me could do a, a podcast just talking about T-Bob. It was, uh, it was something else. T- T-Bob and Carl Malone, believe it or not. And Malone was in no way nearly the biggest personality in the room.
3: And his cigars, too. T-Bob and Carmelone, I'm sure, would be special. (laughs) I'm sorry I missed out on that event Friday night.
1: (laughs) It was, uh, I found out about it last minute and ended up sitting with T-Bob. But listen, (laughs) brother, I appreciate uh, you making yourself available to do this for me.
3: Anytime. Thanks, Clay.
1: Okay, bud. All right, bye. Back to wrap up in just a second. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the WeBR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com. And by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's WeBR Podcast. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Brian, I know that you do these fabulous classes all over Louisiana. Let's give everybody a sneak peek of what happens in a Brian Lowe Financial class. Well, sure. You know, this is Year, you're gonna jump into class everybody driving around right yeah, there you're gonna yeah. call in right now right right so uh, you hey, look it's a uh, two hours a night one night a week for three weeks okay we're gonna teach you financial basics okay uh, look we've had physicians attorneys nurses teachers all walks of life take this class they all say right. the same thing Brian I wish I, you know did this 20 years ago so first night is financial basics mm-hmm. we're gonna get everybody on the same page uh, second week is all about financial products uh, stock market right mutual funds individual equities what a preferred stock is. Real Estate Investment Trust. Then third week is all about estate planning. Your will, power of attorney, advanced health care. Figure out if you need an estate plan and how to how to transfer your assets to your legacies. Now's the year you want to do it. Give us a call. We'll get you in class. Call us today. Let's get started. Look him up online at brianlowfinancial.com. This
0: is The Clay Young Show.
2: Like I
1: said in the open... Still tired. Still tired. Still drinking tea, too. Trying to get that caffeine kick in. Man. Long game on Monday. Thanks, Gordy, for coming on with us, man, and talking about the aftermath of a historic week here in Louisiana. Across this city and across the state, people were rooting for the Tigers and are very proud of the performance by those guys on the national stage and it really was the, I think the highest or most watched cable program of the last few weeks. It was just great all the way around. It was a good night. Long, long game as you, as you've heard talked about, but it was a really, really good day. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to take a moment to offer condolences to the family of one Lori Burgess. Lori Burgess, who has been a member of of the Metropolitan Council in Baton Rouge and most recently ran the Baton Rouge Sickle Cell Anemia Foundation. She has actually been on the show before. You can find my conversation with her in the archives of the Clay Young Show. She's her name is on the door here. It's uh, on the well, I've got two of them now. So there, there was one at another location and I brought that door with me and her name is on that door. And she crossed my mind not very long ago about something because I was talking about a mutual friend of hers and mine, Ryan Clark, and talking about how I met him. And I met Ryan at Lori's race. She would do a a race downtown uh, that would raise money for the Sickle Cell Anemia Foundation. And it was called Ryan's Run because Ryan has sickle cell. And so... It's really sad. She served on the council for years. I think she ran a couple of times to get back into into politics, but spent a great amount of time really just helping the community and and being a solid person. And so just my condolences, thoughts and prayers to her family. And I know it may be difficult starting the year off with something like this, but she was uh, she was she was a really good person. All right, so a good week of football. The police chief of Baton Rouge is going to be on with us for the next episode of the show, talking about crime in the region and his philosophy on dealing with law enforcement in this new millennium that is now 20 years old, and my goodness. So he'll be our guest on episode 227 of the Clay Young Show. Again, thanks to Gordy for being on. We appreciate it, brother. And Congratulations to the Tigers of LSU. You made us all proud. You did a fantastic job. And to Ed Ogeron, who is just the realest example of why you should never give up on your dream. He is living his dream and he is making the most of it. And that, my friends, is fantastic. Listen, like and share. Tell others about the show. We appreciate it. If you go on iTunes, To download the show, leave a rating there, a comment. We appreciate that. It helps us when people are trying to find subject matter we talk about here on the show. Until the next time, you guys have a great one. And we'll catch you right back here on Podcast225.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.